Yeah, I did. I did take it out of the package. Yeah. No, it looks really nice. Yeah, that's cool. The bottom is only like slightly detailed. Whatever. Most diecasts aren't detailed in the bottom. But no, it's like a no rev. No rev, yeah. And then I think they're like a French company. I'd never seen them before. No rev is. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And it was in um, European diecasts. Yeah, it was in this little toy store in Lisbon. Yeah, I saw that picture of the toy store you posted. It was pretty sweet. Oh, thank you. I know. They had awesome. a bunch of them. Uh, they had like they had some bigger scale stuff, but it's kind of hard to fit that in right, a back in, in, in carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet. But there was like a couple other places that had die cast, but it was more like run of the mill stuff. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you can get it home, you don't want it here. No, and plus the the euro is stronger than the dollar, so you're spending more technically. Okay. And those were inexpensive enough. Yeah, less than 10 bucks. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's up? Episode 82 of Auto Off Topic. Is it 82? 82. Feels like it's been since, forever since we recorded, because we recorded two in a row. Yes. And then had a week off. Yes. Yeah, I guess technically that's... It felt like two weeks off, but it was because we did it at the beginning of one week. Yeah, exactly, because you were away. I was away. I'm uh, sorry, I'm still booting my computer up. As the beginning of the show always starts with Brad's slow computer. <laughs> That's our, so, our new thing. Yeah, I've got my um, a nice little cough from being on vacation, airline travel. Is that how you get coughs? It's vacation? I didn't know that. I don't know. When you travel, usually for vacation, you always end up with a cough. I had it like the middle of last week. Especially overseas. Yeah, it was a typical cold, and then it, I'm getting over it. So I might cough a little bit during this episode, but I'll try to... Uh, Curtail it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah we've got Ruby's Tears... A Goza style ale with hibiscus and coriander. And then it says, uh, don't be so salty. So maybe it's not so salty? I don't know. I don't know if that means it is salty or yeah. it isn't salty. And then before we started, I had a, or I gave you one too, a Voodoo Ranger. Yeah, the New Belgium IPA. Yeah, which I feel, I feel like I saw a picture of it somewhere online, maybe on Instagram or something. And then I was at the store and I was like, I just saw that like recently. So, so I guess I'll, I'll buy it. it. So advertising worked. Yeah. That was pretty good for an IPA. Well, I like IPAs. I know you're not a huge fan, but I like East Coast IPAs. It's definitely a drinkable one. Ooh, that's good. Um so anyway, I was away, and that's why I recorded two episodes in a row. But is because I went on a delayed honeymoon with Stephanie. Um, but we went to the Azores. Which is islands that are owned by Portugal. Yep, which are surprisingly close to Boston, which I did not realize. Yeah, they're only four and a half hours on a plane from here. And they're kind of not quite in the middle of Atlantic, but it's like eastern Atlantic. Uh, they're like, from there, it's a two-hour flight to the mainland. So it's only like a seven-hour flight from Boston to Portugal? It was seven hours and ten minutes coming back. Wow. Heading, and that's pretty good with a, they were talking about, they flew us a little bit north to get less of a headwind. I just feel like it's so much further away. It seems further away. That was kind of weird. I was thinking about the other day. I was like, you know, I woke up and I was in Europe and then by the afternoon I was in America again. Technology is pretty crazy. Yeah, it really is. And that technology isn't even new. Like airplanes have been around for a minute now. Well, it was uh, Airbus A330, which 
is it was like a two four two, so it's a big bodied aircraft, wide body. But I think it also newer aircraft are much faster. Well, I mean they they are faster, five hundred something miles an hour probably. I think even faster than that because it was seven hundred kilometers. It said okay, so whatever that converts to. I'd let you know, but as we decided earlier, my computer is still not working, so... I don't know why it well, doesn't there's, work. There's 100 miles-ish in... Sorry, there's 60 miles in 100... 62 miles in 100 kilometers, right? Something. <laughs> Are we starting an episode by doing math? Yeah. <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> oh, I guess it's only 434... I think it was ended up being faster than that. Man, I don't know why. Whatever. Now I can't find the file. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's If you're on the East Coast, it's not that long of a flight to get to the Azores. So, we flew out, um, and then the next day started the Azores Rally, which is a round of the European Rally Championship. So, ERC. ERC. Yep. So, it's not WRC. It's ERC. So, it's a one step down. But the cars that they run, the top-level cars are R5 cars. Which are would be a top-level car in the States, pretty much. 100% top-level car in yeah. the States. So their, their, their minor league is our major league. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, they're serious cars. Like, they're not... Yeah. It's... U.S. Rally is fun, and it's very grassroots. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody basically builds their own car. It's a lot more of an amateur effort. Yeah. This is like... These are amateurs, but they're like semi pros. Okay. Like these cars the are probably cars of rally. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think an R five car is probably 150, 200 grand. I would guess. That's not amateur status right there. Amateur status is like spaghetti GTI rally car. Like yeah, five grand all in. But even the two wheel drive cars, the Peugeots, are probably a fifty grand car. Wow. And I could be totally off base on that, but probably I'm, I'm guessing pretty well because they're well developed. And you're guessing pretty well. Yeah, I think so. You're guessing your guess is good. I think my estimates <laughs> pretty much on. I it. estimate that I'm good at estimating, so this number is accurate. Yeah, um, <laughs> proof. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, but they're like the tool drives are really fast, and then there was only a couple Group N cars, so there was like two Evo tens. Which are an old chassis now. Yep. And yeah, Mitsu hasn't been involved in rallying no. for, for a few years now. And the last gen... No, I think it's a current gen STI as Group N. Okay. Uh, but that was pretty much it for... There was like one Subaru and two Evos. So I know you shared a video of an Evo in a city stage. So yeah. that would have been a Group N car. I believe they're Group N okay. because they're more of a stock car. Okay. Um so that would probably be more of the lower end of the of the competitors. That would be a top level open class car in Here. the United States. Yeah. Uh, but you could also occasionally we've had a couple of people bring R fives mm-hmm. to rallies in the United States, but mostly Fiesta R fives. I haven't seen right. it. There was also Citroen R fives and Renault R fives. And R5 is a classification. Classification, not a model. Yeah. It's a spec. And it was interesting because there was a couple that were, they're mostly turbocharged, but there was a couple that you could definitely tell were 
S- NA cars. Yeah, S2000 class cars. So they're NA. So S2000 doesn't mean it's powered by a Honda motor. No. It means a two-liter. A two-liter normally aspirated. Normally aspirated car. Yeah. And I'm probably missing... Again, like R5 is not the model. S2000 is not the model. Yeah. It's just a class. And I'm, I'm probably missing some of the nuances between R5s and S2000s. But that that's the general gist of it. Uh, but it's... Fast cars on the dirt overseas. Yeah. And the reason... You know. These cars are now... Everybody likes to... You know, Group E was pretty crazy. These cars now are as fast or faster than Group E cars. So it's more technology to keep them on exactly. the track. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they restricted the horsepower... But they improved the suspension travel and the aerodynamics of these cars. Mm-hmm. So they are as fast, if not faster. They're faster. They're just more refined. Yeah. I mean, they have a super short wheelbase. Not that they refined much, but... Yeah. I think my favorite thing about these cars is watching the suspension travel in them when they're braking and cornering because they dive and squat so much under acceleration a and braking. A lot more than you're used to seeing here. Yeah. They just kind of dance around. It's crazy. Well, you see that only with the... Vermont sports car Subarus. Mm-hmm. They're probably the closest in the way they're set up. But the rally started out with the, like you said, the city stage that was in uh, Porto de Gala. And that was nighttime. Yeah. So we're on the main island of the Azores, which is Sao Miguel. That's the biggest island. There's mm-hmm. like, I think they said there's nine islands in the archipelago. Okay. Uh, they're kind of spread out. You'd have to take ferries or planes to get the other ones. Kind of like our Hawaii. Yeah, so they're volcanic islands. Um, it's weird that it's not weird. They're very nice. They're um, it's like a mixture of Hawaii and Vermont is the best way I could describe it. That's an interesting. So it's tropical. So there's a bunch of hippie stoners surfing. There is surfing. Okay, uh, but when I say Vermont, it's because when you get away from the coast, there's rolling hills. Tree lines and then tons of um, cattle. That's definitely Vermont. Yeah, it's very much like Vermont. Um, So it's like fairly warm too. It was, you know, everything's in metric. So they're like 10 degrees Celsius. And it was like, you know, 60 to 65 degrees. And for them, they're like, this is cold. And we're like, no, this is awesome. Yeah. I don't understand the sliding scale of Celsius to Fahrenheit. Well, zero Celsius would be 32 degrees. Right. But 42 degrees Fahrenheit isn't 10 degrees Celsius. So it's not a one-to-one scale. So it confuses me a lot. I don't know. Well, you talk about it was, you know, what do you say? It was 30 degrees, 29 degrees out. When? When you were there? It was, no, like 10 degrees. Okay, so it was 10 degrees, and it was warm. Yeah. So 10 degrees here would be obviously cold, but 10 degrees over 32, which is the same as zero, would still be cold. But you're saying it was in, like, the 60s. Yeah. So, I don't Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a smaller... It's a much, it's much less fine of yeah. a scale. So, instead of trying to... I mean, it makes more sense, because it starts at zero, where it should. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm so used to our 32-degree Fahrenheit scale. So what you do, instead of just trying to convert it, you just go, okay, I'm here. This is the scale they're using, and they're telling me 10 degrees is warm. So, so I'm just going to go with I'm it. I'm just going to go with it. 10 yeah. degrees is warm, and that's what it is. Okay. It's the same when I was driving there. It's all in kilometers. Yeah, but that makes more sense to me. The speedo in the car is in kilometers? Yeah, so it works. 
I'm like, all right, I don't know how many miles an hour I'm doing, but it seems like I'm going pretty fast. I have a better idea. I kind of knew that 100 is 60. Yeah, I had a better idea of that because of that, because car magazines, I've read a lot of European car magazines. In Europe, they do the 0 to 100 times, and here they do 0 to 60 times. Yeah. Because 60, actually, I think it's like 62 point something miles per hour is 100 kilometers an hour, so it it scales out better. And I know the scale, whereas there, I don't know the scale for temperature. No, because I've never had to deal with it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, otherwise, I I would prefer the metric system. If we just used it all the time, it'd be fine. But Well, again, like I said, it starts at zero, so it makes sense. Yeah, freezing, zero. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Freezing, 32. Why? Yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so anyways, the first night, they do a city stage, which is basically just for like spectators. Although I have to interject. What's we that? did learn that the coolant in my car could freeze at 67 degrees yes. once. <laughs> a throwback to an old episode, yeah. which if you listen to, you get. If you didn't, you don't. Oh, well. It's the uh, Pascal, not Pascal Square. The Pascarella, yeah. the Pascarella scale. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the city stage is all for um, spectators and fans and everything. Yeah, it looked pretty And tight. they do all the, they, like, take over part of the harbor. There's this, like, jetty, and that's where all surfaces. Okay. And... It was weird because, like, normally rallies, you can just kind of, like, walk through there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to walk through there. And they're like, they, like, stopped me. They're like, no, you can't. I was like, oh, you can't just walk through the paddock? No, they wouldn't let me. Huh. I was like, do you need, like, a press pass or something? Probably. That's weird. But it was all closed off. I well, I guess, there. actually, if you're talking about a much higher level event than here, there's probably a lot of, like, I don't know, a lot more expensive equipment there, number one. And yeah. probably team secrets and all kinds of yeah, stuff Yeah, I like guess that. so. It's, like, it's a little more around. guarded than here. They take it a lot more serious there than yeah. here, so... Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, next time I'll try to get a media pass, because there was a lot of media people didn't seem that exclusive, so... Yeah, <laughs> it didn't seem like a, a good club. No. So you sent a video of that city course. Mm-hmm. Was it like a... The surface, was it like a tarmac surface, or was yeah. it like cobblestone? Mm, part of it... Most of it is paved. Okay. And I think it cut out into one part that... Just had cobblestones. It looked like cobblestone from what I could see on the video, but it was dark and it was like a straight line with like a couple like loops. Mm-hmm. So they'd start loop through part, straight line, loop through another part. Yeah, by straight loop through, line. you mean like a donut around a barrel. Yeah, yeah, just to like and then loop back over itself. It's basically just exhibition, mm-hmm. like and then a ceremonial start, and they went through all the R five cars first. Mm-hmm. I went through the <clears throat> Group N cars, the few they had, then the tool drives. And, like, people hung out for a while. It was cool. It was really cool like energy. after they were all done, you mean? Uh, they hung out for majority of it. It was, I mean, they went late, like, past midnight running the tool drive cars. Oh, that's cool. But once the majority of the fastest cars went through, which was, like, 40 cars, mm-hmm. that's when people started to clear out. But... So we'll be the same here. But probably. the streets are lined with people, and yeah. everybody was into it. Um, you could drink anywhere you want. They just ha- they just hand out. Well, they don't hand it out, but there's you can buy beer <laughs> there's, anywhere. There's beer flowing down the streets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's basically the equivalent of like Budweiser. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Sages, which is just Portuguese beer. Okay, generic beer. It's just a basic golden lager that's four and a half percent. So you Plus just drink it. Beer, yeah. Yeah, you can just drink a bunch of them. And how much does one of those cost you, like a pint? Uh, it was an 8-ounce beer. It was like 0. .80 euro. 
So less than one euro. So like a buck twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. For it was, and they give you these little eight ounce cups. Yeah, whatever. And it was funny because like there wasn't that many trash barrels, so what people would instead of just throwing stuff to the ground, people would made like neat piles of stuff. Very unlike America. Yeah. So then some, they're like, oh, somebody will just come by later and clean it up. So what you're saying is there were not bottles of fireball strewn about the streets. No. Huh. Damn no. it. I want to live there now. And <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing. Like, everybody's drinking. Nobody's getting out of line. Hmm. Like, totally normal. Like, not a big deal. Well, it's because here in the United States, we've had such a an issue with alcohol and drinking and, like, made it so taboo that people abuse it. Yeah. Whereas over there, like, I don't know, you write a passage, you're like six. It's like, here's some wine with dinner. Yeah. It's a little different. Well, drinking know? age is 18. Yep. And it's like just not a big deal. I mean, they're obviously uh, drinking and driving is very strict, just like anywhere. Yeah. And if you do get out of line, they will arrest you. But good. You can just <laughs> walk around with an open container. Nobody bothers you. It's cool. That's what happens when your country wasn't, you know, started by Puritans. Yeah. <laughs> a little different, different experience um, in life. No, so that that part's really cool. Um, yeah, so we hung out. It's it's always cool to see rally cars at night. Yep, because there aren't any many night stages, if any, left in United in U.S. rally. Yeah, you have to go up to Canada. Yep. Um, then the next day, we saw actually we were staying. Ooh, I can't remember the name of the town. Uh, it was only like so. The whole island is not very big, obviously, because mm-hmm. island. So there's like a well, there's big islands too. It's a pretty big island. Australia's a pretty big island. You it's know? a continent. Yeah, still. <laughs> um, they built a new highway not that long ago. And from downtown Portugala to where we were staying, which was... Unnamed town, too. Uh, Lagoa. Okay. Um, it was um, like 10 minutes. Like super close. How many miles is that? Five or ten kilometers. It was oh, like nothing. I said miles, but okay, it was like nothing. So five or ten. But everything was in mile. Everything yeah. was in kilometers. So I was no idea how many miles you went. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know it's like two to one kilometers of miles. Quite. Yeah, it's roughly Under, in yeah. my head. I was roughly doing the conversion. Roughly, yeah, yeah. Um, but that highway runs for like another. It's easier to do it by time, like another twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then it just ends, and it's all switchbacks. But anyway. So the highway is only a half hour long. Yeah, end to end. Okay, tip to tip. Yeah, that's right. So we're gonna start measuring east to west. From from now on, everything is measured in time. Yeah. All right. How so, far did you drive last weekend? I drove twelve hours. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> you can. Um, so, <laughs> it was cool because the next day, like two minutes from the Airbnb we were staying in. They did a, a stage like oh, near that's the downtown. Cool. Like you almost walked, you walked there probably. No, we went down and parked because we were going to drive to the the special stage afterwards, oh, the okay. super st- special. So we watched that, and then we drove another like kind of through the middle of the island, but really it was only like fifteen or twenty minutes, right? And we ended up in an industrial area like towards the middle of the island, and it was an old rock quarry that they built a semi permanent course in that looked like a giant slot car track that's really cool i saw the. i remember seeing the pictures when you posted it up yeah it looked, so it, it actually reminded me more of like one of those um tamaya four by four tracks what? the cars have like the little wheels on them and they on the sides of them and they just bounce off the walls yeah because it's um 
you know, one car against the other, but they're against time. But yeah, of course, they run two different courses and, and they cross, cross over. over, like a slot car track. Exactly. Yep. And uh, the crazy thing is, is the bottom of this rock quarry that's like 150 feet tall. So there are people lining the edge of this rock quarry, looking down with no fence feet to race cars. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it was awesome. I like it. So that went on for a while. It kind of rained a little bit. Nobody really cared. Um, because they were all 13, 4.5% beers in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we watched that for a bit. There was a little jump. It was pretty cool. And then that was uh, day two. So it was the same day as the volcano stage? No, that was day three. Okay. So I'll skip, we'll skip ahead of that. Yeah, we're going to get right to that now. So the Set Siddhartha is the, the famous volcano stage. Yep. That they run along the edge of Set Siddhartha's. Literally the rim of a volcano. Yeah, the caldera. It's pretty the rim amazing. of it. It's pretty amazing. Um, I don't even know what the height of it is. It's not very high. It's a it's above tree level, but the it's whole... It's not like Mount Washington. No, but the crazy thing is the weather is like Mount Washington. Oh, it's cold up top? No. Foggy. Okay. So, unfortunately, the day of the rally, the top part was completely fogged in. So, basically... Well, the weather blows in from the ocean and it gets trapped over the mountain. So it'll be perfectly clear and sunny below. Until it's not. Yeah, until it's not. And so we tried to drive up there and it was just complete fog. That sucks. And we could kind of see the cars for a little bit, but not much. And then the crazy thing was the next day. Did they run co- the stage? Yeah. Oh, I thought they canceled the stage altogether. Nope. No, they ran it. Wow. But we couldn't see. The beautiful vistas of cars running past this rim of a volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of a bummer because I really wanted to see that. You can look up YouTube videos of it. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day we were like, all right, let's go up there and see what this is all about because it was beautiful and clear. Um, Or this was a couple days later. But it turns out that was like. We were we were almost we didn't realize it we were almost at the top. Oh really? We couldn't tell though because so much fog. But the view that you had afterwards when it was open was like crazy. Like we were right at the edge because you were looking into a volcano. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But that was that was after the rally had finished. So the um, third day, it was nice and clear, and uh, our friend that was, went with us. Um, she had friends there on the island that liked to go to the rally too. So that the stage was right near their town, which was, uh, it's Povosau, which is on the other sort of the Eastern side of the island. About 15 minute miles away. Yeah. No, it was like, actually it was like 30 kilometers from where we were staying. What does that translate to into minutes? Our new system. Um, it was like half an hour, but I was hauling. So... You just kind of, I kind of booked it down the highway part, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it was two lane. It was like fifteen or twenty kilometers of switchbacks, of two lane. Amazing. Yeah, the roads there are amazing, and the majority of the time, you're not usually behind someone. I mean, is it a heavily populated place? It's pretty well populated, but okay. usually. Locals will move over for you if you're moving kind of quick. Uh, it's funny because all the rental oh, the cars. Crazy American. Yeah. So 
All right, let me let me finish up the rally and then I'll get to the rental car because I don't want to jump around too much. So we get over there and this stage goes like they come out. It literally looks like Vermont there. There's this open hill that goes up and then it fills in with pine trees and there's pictures on my Instagram of this. And the rally cars started. You could see where they started. They went up and through and over the mountain a little bit and then came back out down in this open field and it's just lined with people and the road cuts down and everybody could sit on this bank that was like eight feet tall and just have the cars go underneath them. Like your feet dangling over yeah. your cars. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and these guys showed up that were like, I called them the Azorian rally de- uh, delegation because they like, it was like 30 guys showed up with giant Azorian flags. Okay. And singing. Okay. I and like, like it. ringing cowbells and stuff. And they set up like the flag and everything. It was pretty cool. They're the Professional Rally Spectators Association of yes. the Azores? Yes, because there was one driver that was an uh, Azorian native. Mm-hmm. And when that car went by, everybody went nuts. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, let's see that. So, and that was where I have that video. It's on my Instagram of the, I think it's the Citroen DS3 R5 mm-hmm. coming by me, like just completely po- sideways with the nose, yeah, the yeah. nose pointing at me. And that's the other crazy thing. So they've got all these FIA signs and there was FIA stuff like they're like, don't stand here, red zones, all that stuff. Cause it's the same as us rally. If there's yellow tape, you can be behind it. Red yep. tape, no good. No zone. Yep. So these people are on the outside of the corner and there was like only one marshal and he was like a hundred yards away. So they literally took the sign down that said, don't stand there and put an Azorian flag there instead and went and stood up on this berm. I was like, all right, you do you guys. Like, it's not me. Yep. And then same kind of crap that goes on here though. Yeah. Towards the end of that stage, there was like this bar cafe that had red tape around the outside seating area. It was just filled with people. There's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Only so much they could do, but it was fun because it was in the town that, uh, we became friends with these people too, uh, that my friend was friends with. So now we're friends with them. We're all friendly now. Friends of friends. Um, but, uh, Lewis was kind of guys that around, he was two cars ahead of us. So it was his car, then his friend's car, then us in the rental car. And we pull up to this tape and this police officer there. So they have lot, plenty of police too, to like shut down roads mm-hmm. and help the marshals. And, uh, I can see him talking to him and he like points back, you know, he shows like the hand signal, like three cars and the cops like, okay. And he lifted, he lifts the tape that Let nobody can drive in. through. He lets us drive. In it was like white white tape. We drove in, and we pulled down this driveway of like this beautiful pink villa, that's like right next to the stage. Awesome. And we're like, I'm like, he must know this woman or the person that owns the place. And this woman pokes her head out. And she says something to him in Portuguese that unfortunately I don't speak much Portuguese. Very friendly. She like waved to him, and I go to Lewis. I go, you know her? He goes, yes. It's okay. We park here. And I was like, all right. So we didn't Sweet. have to walk like half a mile to get to where we wanted to go. It was pretty cool. A little insider knowledge. You got you some. Uh... Yeah. Front row viewing. So, yeah, the rally was super cool. I mean, everybody, just so many spectators, and everybody was super cool, like, just hanging out. Like, the second half of that day, uh, there was we, like, took a lunch break and went to our friend's house, had lunch, and we went back. And they went up the hill again a little bit more. Stephanie and I stayed back, and it was, like, a natural hill, and the cars went over a bridge. 
and this was the final stage of the whole rally. So the, the winners were coming through. So they had the, the helicopter pilots, the camera pilots or for the camera helicopter. Mm-hmm. Definitely no, uh, FAA, right? Right. So they were like clipping the treetops. Yeah. FAA. FIA is the rally commission. No, I said FAA. Oh, did you have yeah. FAA again? They were like clipping the treetops in this helicopter. It's awesome. And there's videos on my Instagram. You can see where the helicopter is skimming sideways, and then the car comes through. And it was uh, Ari Lichtenike, the Russian driver, who's won it. All I know is Ari Lichtenike, the Nathy IndyCar driver. Uh, that might not be his first name, but it's Lichtenike or Lichtenike. I can't pronounce it. But he's he he's who won, and he came through first. But there was a actual. Uh, there's an Instagram video and or a couple pictures where the cars are going past this cement, um, like little barn type thing, and apparently one of the cars clipped that, and we missed it because we were a little further down. But we saw the car come by, and the door was like folded in. It's pretty crazy. They hit the berm sideways. No, they hit the side of the building. Oh, the building. The cement. Oh, okay. And then the car earlier in the day, the car a car rolled in our five car. It was like a multi-car team that had like a Group N car. And I actually caught a video of the Group N Subaru driving by the rolled R5 car and the driver and co-driver holding OK sign, like slowing them down. Mm -hmm. And then like two days later when we were leaving, those guys were in the airport and I went up to them and said, I'm sorry, I don't speak much. I only speak English, but I showed them the video. The (laughs) driver was like, oh, that was me. That's funny. It's like, yep. Better luck next time, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. It was funny. He's right that jerk showing me what I know already happened. No, it was just... I know I crashed. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely cool. if you have a chance to go see a rally, uh, especially in Europe, it's a totally different experience. Like, just... Like, everyone is into it. There were so many just kids and, like, um, the split... Like, don't we, we go to rallies here, let's be honest, it's mostly a sausage party. All guys. Yep. There, it's everyone. Whole family. Women, children, out. families. Yeah, yep. everyone. Uh, it's pretty cool. Well, it's kind of like, I, from what my limited knowledge of Europe is, there are, like, two major sports. There's, you know, football, what we call soccer, yep. and rally racing. Yeah. That's really it. So. Maybe F1, but. Well, Yeah. So soccer and motorsports are a lot more yeah. popular in Europe. Right. Um, so that covers the rally part. I had a, for, well, we had, my wife and I and our friend Mary, we had for a rental vehicle, a Mazda, which they upsold us on this because when we got there, we had reserved a Renault Clio or similar. Mm-hmm. And she was like, eh, it's kind of small. It doesn't fit that many suitcases. You're like, it's cool. I drive a Talon. <laughs> yeah. But then she's like, uh, we can, we have this promotion going on for Mazda CX-3. It's a diesel. The diesel is cheaper. Um, but it's a manual. We're like, whatever. Yeah. We prefer that. Thank you. Um, and it was like, she's like, it's 30 more euros. And we're like a day. She's like, no, no, no. Whole trip? For the whole week. <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think it came to like. It might have been like 160 euros for a whole week. So it's 200 bucks. <laughs> it's essentially $200, give or take a few. Yeah, for a rental car. That's pretty good. A rental car here for a week is significantly more yeah. expensive than that. So anyway, we don't get 
a CX-3 diesel six-speed front-wheel drive here. Right. I think we do get a gasoline six-speed front-wheel drive, though. I don't know. I didn't even look it up. I'm pretty sure we do. I know the reason why we didn't buy a CX-3. Because you couldn't get an all-wheel drive six-speed. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I know that we, for a fact. And we could get the all-wheel drive six-speed cross-track. Correct. Um, basically, it's the same size vehicle, like direct competitor. Mm-hmm. They even look kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. Like, I wish they sold them here. I would buy one as a daily driver. Yeah, there aren't very many small diesels on the road here at all, so. I didn't even care that it was a crossover. The chassis is so good for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's the old Mazda 2 chassis. Really? Just mm-hmm. stretched out? Yeah, pretty much. Mazda, it, Mazda 3. It's the. It had really. Oh, yeah, sorry, not Mazda 2, Mazda 3. It's the Mazda 3 chassis. Excuse yeah, me. just jacked up a little bit, but it had yeah. low pro tires. The suspension was actually very compliant, but, mm-hmm. like, it took. All the bumps and the cobblestones fine. Yeah, it still had feel. It still had feel, and the steering was sharp, and it did not drive to me like a diesel. Like it revved out, mm-hmm. and it yeah, it was turboed. Diesels, yeah, diesels are pretty, pretty impressive. Like you didn't have to wait for the glow pugs to. You just hit the button, fired right out. Well, I mean, it was warm out too. If it was freezing out, it'd be a different story. Think so? I don't know. I didn't notice. One hundred percent. I didn't notice the glow plug. Uh, thing. I don't wait for glow plugs when it's summertime here either. My truck it just starts right up. Oh, all right. I don't know. I never really drove. It didn't stink like a diesel. Like, I'm sure it was a fairly new one, or almost brand new one. So it had. I'm sure twenty four thousand kilometers. Your urea injection and all that stuff going on. Yeah, it had so def to clean it up. Yeah, it had a def light, but um, did you have to fill the def at all in the time you had it? No. I we went through one tank of diesel. Oh, okay. So we, that's nothing. Almost, and I was, that's the thing, I was hustling it on these back roads. How, how many minutes is one tank of diesel? <laughs> I don't know, I was the, keeping track of the thing, it would, it started out like, you'd go 650 kilometers till so the tank did, was empty. you didn't bring your scan gauge with you? No, ah. no. Wonderful, it worked. Should have. I mean, it's a European car, though, it might not be like a loaded. OBD standard? I don't know. I don't know. Um, man, because the roads were super, super narrow. I mean, this thing just fit, mm-hmm. and it had power fold mirrors. There were a couple times I had to hit the button to fold the mirrors to get through stuff. While driving? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and occasionally, it's funny because you'll just, people are just used to it. You come up, you're going down this narrow street, and like another car comes along, and you just have to back up to let them by, and then you go. Interesting. Yeah. Or like you just have to pull over as far as you can, and like they'll fold squeeze the by. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've had to fold the mirrors in in my truck, but only when going through the uh, drive-through ATM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, so there's only like a major highway on like half the island. The rest of it is just these beautiful, winding roads that will have ocean on one side, mountains on the other side. It's like They'll California. switch back around. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And then you, we went up. Like I was saying, we went up to. Set Chidars on the the day we could actually see. It's this crazy winding switchback that goes up. And then you can see these beautiful vista. And we were so close to the top on the day it was foggy. We didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And then you could follow the road down. And you end up in the bottom of the caldera. There's a town in the bottom. And in we, the volcano? Yeah, it's a dormant. Well, I know, but it's like, it's like, so it's like in, it's in the caldera. The, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I apologize. I don't know the term uh, caldera. Caldera. Is caldera the middle of the volcano? A, a crater would be a, a volcano crater would be a caldera. Okay. Um, 
there's a town in the bottom. Yep, we had lunch. And then you take the switchbacks. You wind up your way out. And then you are popped out and you're on the other side and you go back down to the ocean. Hmm. And there's actually that was I'll wind it up, wind it back a little bit. We went to the top part first and there's this crazy abandoned hotel that would have looked overlooked the whole volcano. That sounds awesome. Um, And it's this outlook. And we stopped there and we got out. We're looking around. We're taking pictures. And I noticed this Volkswagen Golf is like he parked down this hill and he's trying to back up the hill and he kept stalling it, kept okay. stalling it. And we're like, hmm. In reverse? In reverse. Okay. So then finally, like, these other English-speaking couple was, like, kind of commenting about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't think they know how to drive a standard. Oops. So you can tell the guy's with his girlfriend. And she's kind of, like, a little annoyed with him. And he finally gets the thing down. It turns into, like, this little dirt path. And he manages to get the thing turned around. He starts to go up the hill, but he stops on the hill to let her get in. And then he's trying to go, and the car just keeps rolling back, and he keeps stalling. Rolling Oops. back, stalling. So I'm like, all right, I got to... Nobody gotta, ever taught him the handbrake trick. I got, Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, I got to help this guy. So I go over, I go, English? He goes, yeah, yeah, I speak English. And I couldn't tell where his accent was from. Um, maybe maybe it was German. But the, I feel like if he was German, he wouldn't know how to drive a standard. Not necessarily. I'm sure it's not a 100% take rate. Um, but I go, all right, you're on a hill. This is the hardest part. You ever driven a standard before? He's like, ah, oh, sorta. I was like, okay. <laughs> Do you know how to use the handbrake? He's like, no. I was like, all right, I'm going to show you something that will help you out here. Yeah. I said, you got to pull the handbrake up, push the button in, and then you can let off the brake and, and the car won't, won't roll. roll. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now, and I said, now you feel it. The car's not going to roll. Now you can let your foot off the clutch. And you'll feel the engine bog down, and then you can start to give it throttle and drop the handbrake. And then he took a couple tries, and he got it. His girlfriend's in the car, and then he finally got it, and he got going. I was like, all right, keep going. And then he just took off. And I was like, all right. Guess he's good. I was like, good luck to you. Lesson learned. Because there is a ton of hills here. And he was at the top, and he still had to go down. Going down is easy. Yep. But he still had to go down and up all these other switchbacks to get out of this thing. Good luck to you, sir. <laughs> so you're saying that his rental car needed a trans our clutch within. I don't know how many. Cl- time. I'm curious to know how many clutches and brakes they go through. Well, they don't go through any here because they won't allow you to rent manual transmission no. cars for that specific reason. Yeah, because not enough people know how to drive them. Yeah, over there it's just assumed that it costs more to get an automatic rental. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, so that was the thing. So um, I love that Mazda CX-3 diesel. I was mm-hmm. hustling around. Um, where was I going with this? I don't Something know. Something about diesels and manuals and they brakes. They here, you'd buy one. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the other curious thing. So in Europe, all the rental cars have stickers on them mm-hmm. of all the different rental car companies, little stickers in the back windows. So you'll be behind someone, and you'll see the rental car sticker, and they're driving really slow, and you're like, I know why. They're not from here. No, and it was fun. It was cool because the sticker on our car had fallen off. And I was like, sweet. So you were local. Yeah, but it, well, it was a pretty new, nice car for a local. Okay. And there was other ones. Yeah, it's not a super rich area there. No. Yeah. A, a lot of the cars are older hatchbacks, Japanese hatchbacks, mm-hmm. and French hatchbacks. A lot of Nissan Micras and tiny Toyota Starlets, like, but the new front-wheel drive ones. Front-wheel drive Starlets, yeah. And uh, I think Peugeot, Lattenses. like 
206. 206s or something? Probably 206. The two the two series is a small series. Yeah. Like 205, 206. Yeah, I didn't really recognize them too much. There was a couple, like, nice ones that had nice wheels on them and intercoolers, and they're kind of loud, and they're cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, there was a couple times I came up, I'd be hauling down this, like, back road and come up on a rental car. It's, like, driving really slow. And there's, like, no places to pass. Like, very, like the passing zones are so short. Yeah, so either somebody pulls over for you or you manage to get uh, enough space to actually go. And believe it, that, I mean, I was so surprised at how quick that diesel was. Well, the turbo makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've driven a BMW turbo diesel here, a fairly modern one, and it was surprisingly gasoline-powered feeling. Yeah. Um, Other thing, lots of Mitsubishi pickup trucks. Uh, well, I know you sent a lot of pictures of Mitsubishi Monteros, yeah. So Pajeros, whatever they call it. Ton there. of they're like they're like Strikers, Strikers, Strata, Stratus, S T R A D A. Yeah, but I think there's also something called a Straka. It's a Mitsubishi pickup. I don't know. But a lot of them were Strata, Triton, flatbed converted in the back. A lot of them came that way. They came with no beds from the factory. All right. And actually, that was one of the only dealerships, that big dealerships I saw was a Mitsu dealer. Oh, that's cool. So that kind of explained it. Um, tons of short wheelbase Monteros. A bunch of, a couple. Yeah, first and second gen. Picture these. Couple, yeah, a couple first gens. Um, probably three or four. Mostly second gens. I didn't get a picture of, I saw like two third gen short wheelbases, which are really weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple mini ones. But mostly trucks. It's Strata. Strata doesn't come up at all. They're L200s. L200 is the base truck. That's the yeah. name of the... But there was some... It was a weird striker, striker. It was something weird. And I just didn't recognize it. It was just a weird name that wasn't a real English word. Strata is the only one that comes up as a... Yeah. But it oh, was pretty oh, cool. Oh, st- st- yeah, Strata. That's it. No Straka. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I should have taken a picture of it. They were sold as a Sportero. Yeah. I had a couple Triton Montero Sports, which were called something else. There was a couple Challengers. They're called Challengers in England. I assume they're called Challengers there. No, they're called something else. I only saw one or two long wheelbase diesel Monteros. And interesting... Rally only saw two Subarus. It's mean two spectator car Subarus? Yeah. That's weird. Because it's probably a very expensive car for the island because it probably uses a lot of gas. It's probably just an expensive car to have. Uh, there was an 08, the ugly Camry-looking one. So and they called Sports, Pajero Sports, Montero Sports, Shogun Sports, Strata G-Wagons. Shogun Sport, I think. Strata G-Wagons and Nativas. I saw anyway, one... Sorry. 04 STI. Okay. And that was it. But surprisingly, oh, I saw a couple um, Lancer sedans that would have been like an Evo 3 body style or Evo 1. So Sorry. What do we remember? here. Yeah, but it was a four door sedan. So it was like mm-hmm. a Lancer GSV or something, mm-hmm. not a GSR. Well, which still would have been a Colt or Mirage yeah. or Summit yeah. here. And then it was funny, too, because I stumbled upon a part store next to one of the cafes we went to for breakfast. Okay. 
and like the majority of things that they show is like taillights and like mirrors and headlights. I was like, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, tight little place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. People knocking up mirrors left and right. Yeah, um, but no, it, it's a cool place. Like I, I would definitely, um, I definitely recommend taking a vacation there, even if the rally's not going on, because there's like surfing, there's downhill mountain biking, there's hiking. There's a lot of cool outdoor adventure stuff to do. Yeah, and the. The island is like tropical and like comfortable and it's very, it's inexpensive. So like, even though the exchange rate for a euro is not great from dollars to euros, Mm -hmm. the amount of euros that you spend on the island is not very much. Yeah. Well, it's like 25% more, right? Yeah. It was roughly when we went 77 to 80 cents US dollar to euro. So. Okay. The but other, stuff seems so much cheaper that it's okay. Yeah, I if mean, you're paying a point eight euros for a beer. Yeah, so I mean, if you just want to drink, you know, I like espresso. So over there, espresso is everywhere. So an espresso mm-hmm. is like, again, it's like one euro or less, or like point eight euros. Right. But if you wanted to get like a large hot coffee, they don't exist. Not really. You'd yeah. have to get something else. You'd get like There's americano. Like seven seven espressos, please. <laughs> yeah. You get like a double and you'd be happy. That's the thing too. It's black coffee, but it's made Delicious. so well. It just, yeah. you don't need to add cream or sugar or anything to it really. You can add sugar if you want, but, um, it's, I don't know. It's a cool place. I was happy we went. Um, it's really pretty. I'm over the moon with the CX3 diesel. I want one so bad now. Well, I know so bad now. I want to go to the Azores and I want to go to the rally next year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just want to go there for the hell of it. If it's a five-hour flight, like, yeah, what the hell? Why not? Why? Why haven't I been there already? Yeah, we stayed in this really nice Airbnb. Um, it was like super easy. Like everybody, I mean, even though you don't speak, like we spoke very, very, very basic Portuguese. Everybody, like, every, hello, yeah, <laughs> everybody was very nice to us and would would try their English. So, you know, we were trying to be very nice. I felt guilty because we didn't speak enough Portuguese. You know, you don't want to be those, like, American jerks that... Walking around in your Hawaiian shirt and yelling back yeah. and forth to each other? Yeah. No. Just like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't speak very much. But, um, no, it was pretty cool. Uh, so then after that, so we spent about a week there. Um, and then our friend Mary went home. And Stephanie and I had another uh, six days to go. So we took a two-hour flight, and we went to Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, we flew Ryanair. Ryanair? Yeah. Like Bob and Ryan? Yeah. All right. Which is apparently like the spirit airlines of Europe. It sounds like it would be. It was terrible. Yeah. It was only a two-hour flight, and it was cheap. <laughs> I feel like it was hours long. <laughs> yeah, I would never fly it again. Because it was like... I don't like... I'll drive all the time in old cars. Mm-hmm. I don't like flying an old aircraft. I don't like flying a new aircraft. <laughs> old aircraft. Well, the newer the aircraft it is, the easier it is for me to get in on it. But when you're in like a 737 that's probably 30 years old, yep. And the seats are basically what we're like what we're sitting in right now doing okay. the podcast. I that see, don't I recline. See. Yeah. Not fun. No. Were they, they propellers? No, they're jets. All right. But like, it was janky. 
Yeah. Well, you know, the repellers inside those housings, they looked like jet engines, <laughs> but they were not. <laughs> um, so Lisbon's pretty crazy. It's like um, even crazier than like Boston or anything because it's even like the streets are even tighter and narrower and mm-hmm. more confusing. Um, like, I mean, there were streets that were not as wide as the room that we're in right now. Which nobody can see, but it's not very wide. No. So, like, literally a car width. So, you'd be walking down, a car would come, and you'd stand off to the side. You'd have to, like, squish up against the building. Yeah, so that the mirror doesn't hit you. <laughs> Flat as a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> um, and nothing, like, there's bigger vehicles on some of the main roads, but everything has to be small. There's, like, no such thing as, like, an American pickup truck because you mm-hmm. wouldn't fit, would fit there anywhere. You know, you know one guy there has one. And everybody Somewhere. hates him. Yeah. Maybe. There's one guy driving around with a foot and a half tall ram letters on his tailgate. I, there's definitely a car culture in Portugal. I just didn't see too much of it because well, I I'm think sure a lot also, of it. You were in the big city too. You weren't in the yeah, suburbs. And I think a lot of the, anything that's a nice car in Lisbon, you probably have off street parking if you can afford it. Because most of the buildings were refurbished, so they used the original facades and then would completely gut the inside, mm-hmm. build it up nice and new, and you could see where they would dig down underneath. To build a garage. To build a garage. And there was tons of garages, like, with no parking signs in them. So I assume there was probably some nice stuff tucked away. Hidden behind. Plus, you were there midweek, too, so it wasn't like... Mm. Spotted a couple old Mini Coopers. Um, Which makes sense in a small area. Mm-hmm. And plus, they made those into the... Yep. Well, in the 90s, early 2000s. Tons of really nice cafe bikes, though. I guess That's cafe cool. bikes are really big there. Well, they started in Europe. Yeah. So. And they're useful to get around in the tight city. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Um, crazy, like, I mean, there's just taxis everywhere, too. But tons of people on scooters, which I'd never seen people with, like, scooter skirts. So they're on, like, a toilet scooter. A pooper scooter. Yeah. yeah. So this is a... Those are the ones you sit on like a toilet, like your feet go in front of you on the floorboards. Yeah, it looks like you're sitting on a toilet. You're riding yes. a toilet around, if you don't know that term. So, yeah, and then it's like a blanket that's like attached to it to like protect your clothes and keep you warm. I guess that makes sense if it's your daily transportation. Yeah. Especially if it's raining or something. Yeah. Soaked and awful. And... Yeah, I've never seen something like that, but... Interesting. Hardly anybody on bicycles because there's so many hills. Okay. Um, but, again, that's... Same thing. The city was beautiful, warm, clean, very touristy in, in a lot of places. Yeah, I've heard Lisbon can be touristy. Um, so then we took a – this is one of my favorite things we did. We took a tour of Lisbon put on by this local company, and they used a Portuguese UMM. Okay. Which is a 4x4 four four vehicle. So it's actually a uh, UNO Metalio Mechanica. So it was a, it was designed by a French engineering firm and then sold under license to this company, UMM, and then built in Lisbon. Oh, it's a local car. Yep. That's cool. And they built them, I think, till 94, so they were used for military, agricultural. It's a very, just a um, agricultural looking like vehicle. It has a little turbo diesel in it. And... Um, Interesting, I ended up finding out that when I was looking them up, they ran Paris to car with them, 
and did like okay. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard, I've heard of a UMM before. I really want one. Like Didn't Land Rover make a similar looking vehicle? Maybe. Yeah. In fact, I saw one on the island, and I thought it was a. It's like a mixture of a if a G wagon and an FJ forty were mashed together, or you asked a kid to draw. If you asked a child to like draw a four by four like truck, this is what he draw. Just yeah. The wheels. Yep. It kind of, I'm looking at it. I just looked a picture of it up right now. It kind of looks like a jacked-up Volkswagen thing crossed with that weird... There's a Land Rover that looks very similar to this. I definitely see the French design into it. The lack thereof? It's just a no, box. No, French, de- French design is kind of weird. Yeah, it's quirky. Like, every... There's so many French cars in Portugal, and they're all... All the new ones look so new. Like, they look like they're, like, 30 years in the future. But it's a pretty cool thing. Like, I would definitely... I would import one. It was pretty peppy. It had a five-speed with a, a turbo diesel. And it was going up these hills just fine. Uh, but I would definitely... I would consider importing one just to, like, bash around in the city with. And How long ago did they make them? Are they over 25 years old? They made them until 94. Oh, so they're all almost old enough to... Yep. That's cool. Yep. Um, yeah, I definitely... I would look into getting one. They're pretty cool. So that was a fun thing we did. and um, But a couple of days before that, uh, they can only do that on Saturdays because of uh, emission laws in the city. Probably another reason you didn't see a lot of cars. That's the other thing, too. A yeah. lot of the – they're not allowed to drive some, certain cars older than certain times during yeah. the week for diesel. Because everything stinks like diesel there. It just there's just a constant stink of cigarette smell and diesel smell. That's weird, because everything's diesel. Um, oh, that was the other thing too. So like, when we're on the island, I only filled up that CX three once with I forget how many liters, but it was like fifty euros to fill it. So about seventy bucks. Yeah, but it took me a whole week. Hmm. I don't know. Again, we're doing our mileage to time conversion here. Well, it was like you buy you buy it per liter, and there's four liters in a gallon, so it's not great. So apparently, Land Rover is just called a forward control. Well, then it would have the cab up over the wheels. Over the, wheels. Which the UMM almost does. Yeah, it's got an engine in the front. Yeah, it's got a live too, but it's got a live front axle with leaf springs. But it so rode pretty well. Solid axle in the front. Yeah. Solid axle in the rear? Yeah. It's probably pretty good off-road, too, I bet. Yeah, it's probably a blast. It's probably just goofy to drive around town, because you just... It'd be fun to drive around town. Yeah, you're just shifting the gears. It's not very fast. Like I've always wanted, like, a flat-fender Jeep, Yeah, it's just know, for that reason. It's making a ton of noise, but you're shifting the gears, and, like, people are looking at us. You could tell they were jealous, because it's a pretty cool thing to ride around in. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's clearly a tourist thing. Yeah. But whatever. So, the next... Tell they were jealous. You drive around being like, whatever, haters. Yeah. So we were um, that we did that on the Saturday because we had to, but the Thursday before we had some free time, and we wanted to get out of the city for a little bit, so we rented a Renault Clio. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Which is Did basically your future? like Mrs. Clio. Yeah, which is basically a French Nissan Sentra. But that makes sense because Renault and Nissan have a partnership. 
but they're not like a platform. I don't think they're platform shared. I just mean it in a sense of it's that, the shittiest car they make. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> Nissan Sentra that we rented in Florida, Jordan and I did to go to Sebring. It was just as shitty. Like it had drum brakes in the rear. Um, it was a five speed. Hey, so man, that was no, better. No knocking drum brakes. It had, <laughs> we'll get to those later. It yeah. had piano black, which is terrible. I hate piano black in the interior. Oh, the gloss black, you mean? Yeah, because it just looks fingerprints all the time. Um, everything was plastic inside. The buttons were kind of in weird places. Like the the cruise control button was on the center console. I didn't find it till I got out of the car, like in the morning. <clears throat> okay. And I like looked at the console. I was like, oh, that's where the cruise control button is. Weird place for it. Yeah, to turn it on. Okay. You have to turn it on in the center console, and then you can use the steering wheel to set it. All right. Interesting. Um, and the thing was terrible on gas. So I'm kind of looking it up right now. So you would have had a, would have been a brand new one, I assume, right? Yeah. So it is platform shared. Is it? It's a Nissan Micra. Okay. Um, but if you want to know <laughs> what level we're working with here on a Clio, yeah. the previous gen mm-hmm. was platform shared not only with the Nissan Micra, but also the Dacia Sendero. Ah, the, I saw a bunch the ter- of Dacias. The terrible car <laughs> that they use for the old Top Gear um, celebrity in a cheap car challenge. The C apostrophe D? I saw one of those. Oh, the, the Sendero before that, wasn't it? Yeah. Or a CD? Yeah. yeah. There was a bunch of Dacias. Dacia, Dacias. Those are mostly tax cabs. There's Seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Renaults. Um, so, yeah. so the car you had was a diesel or gasoline? It was gas. It was non-turbo, right? Non-turbo. So it was a 1.2 liter. That explains it. Yeah. With a five-speed manual. Because I was doing like 85 miles an hour. So it felt really fast because it was 140 kilometers. Yeah. An hour. Um, but yeah, I had to put... We put a tank... In, we drove... Like 250 kilometers one way. It's a 1.2 liter that came out in the year 2000. Yeah. It's got 74 horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> I got, um, it, it felt pretty good though. But uh, it was like 100 euros to put fuel in that thing for one day. Wow. It did not get good fuel mileage. That's crazy. Well, it's per liter. Oh, I got to get gas at a Repsol place. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Were there a hundred race motorcycles all around like I expect there would be? Actually, I saw one replica. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, it's not weird here because you know what Repsol is. Yeah. Here, it's like, what the hell's Repsol? Um, but we used it to drive to the Muzu, Muzu? Museum du Carmelo. I'm really <laughs> bad at pronouncing it. You definitely it. blew that. I, yeah. B- based on the spelling, I'm seeing Muzu du Caramulo. Yes, I've, I've Which been told it also wrong. I've been, no, you're right. I've been told it like four times and I keep forgetting how to pronounce you it. So do Caramulo. Caramulo. Yeah. Uh, so it's this, it's the only car museum in Portugal. Okay. And it's like three hours north of Lisbon. Okay. And it's in the middle of nowhere. So you had to go to it, obviously. Yeah. On yeah. the top of a mountain. Interesting place. For with it. a cool switchback roads to go up to it. Cause apparently why you spent a hundred euros in fuel. Yeah, which apparently a couple times a year or once or maybe once a year, they do a hill climb. 
Oh, that's and cool. Carve it. With yeah. vintage cars? Yes. Oh, that's really neat. Um, so they have 65 cars, and they also have a Not large... huge, but good size. It's a pretty good size. They have a large vintage car toy museum, uh, car toy collection. That's cool. Uh, wait, all... wait, there's, there's such, thing, such a thing? Yeah. Can I charge entry into my living room? Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. In the pictures I've seen of it, I was like, this seems pretty big. And I got there, and it would all fit in your living room. Uh, awesome. But it was it was some cool stuff. Like, we literally got there at noontime, and the woman was like, the museum closes at 1 for lunch, and we reopen at 2. We're like, okay. But she's, she's like, you can buy your ticket now and then come back after you can stay here till 1 then come back at 2. We were done in an hour. Oh. <laughs> I was like, cool. We drove three hours. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it's a car museum. I mean, yeah. think about it. Even the best car museum in the United States, how long he spent there. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little more time at, like, the Lane Motor Museum, but, you know, an hour and a half, two hours at Peterson's enough. Yeah. So. No, it was fun. Um, and I've got some cool pictures of the the car stuff. Um, but, so... I've, I, this is from their website. So a couple cars they have. Um, uh, they include historic examples such as the armored Mercedes and Cadillac that spent long years in the service of the Portuguese dictator Salazar, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. Is one of those in the museum and not? It was from South America. Oh, yeah. that's right too. That's yeah. right too. Um, a Bagasso Sport, which I don't know what that is, given by General Franco, another not great guy. <laughs> To President Cavadero Lopez, Lopes, um, I don't know when he was president of um, Portugal, and some Bugatti uh, that did a land speed record, 200 kilometers back in 1931. There's also a Portuguese Alba, which is a little open top sports car that I'd never seen before. It was built in Portugal. I sent you the link for the... The uh, museum of all the cars they have. Yeah, I'm kind of flipping through while you're talking about them. Yeah. They had a lot of interesting cars. They had a half track. i never actually seen one in person. Like a... Um, Military style? Yeah, World War II half track. Because obviously those were like abandoned all over Europe after World War II. Because why would you... museum, but they got some serious stuff in here. Yes. 37 Rolls-Royce Phantom, 36 Bugatti Type yeah. 57... 38 Bugatti Type 57, Atalante. It was all real stuff, too, wasn't it? Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, the Wolseley, whatever. The Autocar M3. Yep. Kubo Wagon. Yep. A couple of Willys. And they're literally, it feels like they're in the middle of nowhere on the side of a mountain. Oh, the Ferrari 195 Inter. Oh, mm-hmm. that's gorgeous. A blue and silver car. Yep. Oh, they had a 300 that. SL. What is the Alba? That's very neat. It's interesting stuff. Pagasso, that's the one you said was Portuguese built? The Alba. Oh, the Alba. Okay. Yeah. And they had a interesting painting, and I took a picture of it, of all the car museums in Europe. And there's, like, just the one in Portugal, and there's, like, two in Spain, and then you can see all the, all the bunch that are in, like, Germany and England. It's interesting they have an Isetta here, but it's not a BMW, it's an ESO. Yeah. No, it was pretty neat. Yeah, no, I'm looking at what's here. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it was worth a trip. I can live without the Renault 4L, but... Yeah, because those are just street parked. Yeah, those are very common. They're like super Volkswagen common. Beetle. Mm-hmm. 
Saw a couple Beatles. They had a Mura there? Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of really high-class stuff. Um, I'd love to go there because I was looking up oh, Simcoe 1000. Not high-class at all, but awesome. I was looking up <laughs> pictures of some of their hill climb days, and they had a the Galant VR4 with the yellow livery. The camel one? Not the camel one. The white, red, and yellow back half. That oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yep. like a German tarmac car, I think. Yeah, the, like the trunk in the back half of the quarter panels are yellow. Yeah, but it was on, like, display during one of their, like, hill climb days. That's cool. So somebody brought that. That was pretty cool. Um, I was hoping, I was like, had my finger, I was like, oh, maybe it's in the museum collection, but no. Nope. Not. No such <laughs> luck. But, so, that's all the cool car stuff that was on my European vacation. The rest of the stuff was just normal vacation stuff. It's beautiful. We went to the westernmost edge of Europe, <coughs> which is the westernmost point, mm-hmm. which is in Portugal. You're looking at the Atlantic Ocean, and then next stop, America. New York. Yeah. So that stuff's pretty cool. Like Lisbon's kind of up and coming. It's getting a lot nicer. A lot. Of, we were told a lot of it was... Uh, it was really depressed after 2008 and the global crash and they had a mayor that brought back a lot of tourism and they've been spending dollars and I mean, I've seen like tour, like ads for touring Lisbon on like cable TV here. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I definitely recommend it. And we'll yeah, be going no, back. I know I was driving you guys to the airport and you were telling me like what tickets cost and what the Airbnb cost. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like I thought it was going to be way more than that, which nope. is why I didn't go. Nope. I should have damn gone. Nope. Oh, well. So anyway, what did you do while I was gone? I sat in the corner and cried, obviously. A <laughs> um, few things. Um, friend of the show and I, Jordan, did the Frost Heaves TSD. You did checkpoint control, yep, right? We didn't actually run the rally. We did checkpoints. Um, That's a different angle. I've never actually done that. It is. It was difficult only because it was sometimes you get three or four cars rolling through the checkpoint at the same time. You keep track. And you get a little discombobulated. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of neat to see. I have a little better understanding of how, how it works. How the timing works now. Yeah. Which, Maybe we can do the math better now. No, because we still can't do math. <laughs> um, but I kind of understand how it works the way it works. So that was neat. Cool. Um, little side note, Jordan was given the award for um, SCCA Rally Sprint Rallycross Worker of the Year. Cool. Yeah. So congratulations for that. You got a cool little sweatshirt. Or jacket um, so you, you guys kind of got the... The root without having to see it written out on paper? Well, you get a root book that has all of the directions. Yeah. So you know when you do a TSD, you get some directions are missing. Yeah. But when you have one of the worker root books, you get all the directions. Ah. So we had every uh, in-between mileage, every two mileage, every description of where to turn. So it was easier to follow because they wanted us obviously to know where to go. We also had coordinates to put in a GPS of exactly where we needed to be. Ah. So that was interesting, too. So we had... Was it muddy? Snowy? Eh, not really. It was There was a little bit of mud, but it wasn't anything 
No, not really. Well, we've run it in the past, and it's been like snowy yeah. and slushy. And... It snowed pretty good for like an hour during the middle of it, but it was mostly dry. Yeah. And the snow that fell didn't really stick to anything. It was like 40 degrees that day. It was a beautiful day. Um, it was cool to see it from that aspect. It was cool to get the maps and see all the roads, and there were some roads that we might have to go back and revisit for our future thing we've been talking about. Cool. So we have some other things going on there. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, the next day was the slip and slide rally, mm-hmm. which is a rally cross. I did not do that. Um, I was about to go do that because I went in the morning to cars and coffee, which I go to afterwards. Cause it was only like, it's at New England dragway, which, which is, is like 30 minutes from my house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if less than that. But by the time I would have been able to get there, they actually canceled the second half of the event. Because it was super warm and slushy. Super warm and not slushy. It was like... A mud bog. Mud bog. And nobody could go anywhere. Everybody was just getting stuck. And not because they didn't have good traction. Because the cars were sinking down so far into the mud, they were just scraping belly pans. Yeah. So they weren't going anywhere. So they canceled the whole second half. The reason it didn't go in the morning was because that Sunday was also a the season opener of the um, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. Me. At the um, coffee factory in Salem, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. The night before, I was talking with one of the organizers, and we were talking about the fact that the Facebook page had 250 people listed as going. Whoa. And, like, 500 people listed as interested. Whoa. So, like, this can't be real. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. So, the first Cars and Coffee event, it was 29 degrees out. Yep. Quite cold. Yep. Snowed, like, a day before. Quite messy. hmm Well over 200 cars showed up. Whoa. Out of control. Everybody's itching to get out. Yeah, that has to be what it is. There were a few cars that probably shouldn't have been out yet. Mm-hmm. There was a beautiful uh, Mazda, like a 75 Mazda Repu, the rotary engine pickup. Beautiful, bright orange, gorgeous truck. Mm-hmm. Um, four Toyotas, fourth gen Toyota Supras. Wow. Like, where did they come from all of a sudden? There were four of them there in this wintertime event. Um, but yeah, they were. Well over 200, probably north of 250 cars. Parking was packed. Yeah. There's nowhere to park. I, I didn't have an old car out, so I just parked on the other side of the area because I had my pickup truck because it was it was packed. <laughs> it was crazy yeah. how many people were there. However, the bad behavior was significantly bad. Tons of revving, tons of spinning tires, super childish and annoying. We need to find a way to curate that out. We need to find a way to discourage it. It can't happen or we're going to lose that spot. And I was encouraged to have 250 cars on a 29-degree day in the middle of March. I was not encouraged when people are behaving badly. Yeah, that's kind of the problem when you advertise it on like Facebook and stuff. The young crew, the young crowd was there, and they were just being rowdy for no reason. Hmm. Like, we get it. Your car's running. Please stop revving it. I know I've harped on this before, but... If you attend cars and coffee events and you act like an asshole, you are the reason it gets shut down. Period. Um, you can't do that. That being said, when's the next one? I don't know. You got me on the spot now. I have to look it up. I thought you had that ready to go. Uh, no good like that. It's this month. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's later on this month. Yeah, I mean, it's we're only at the beginning of the month. <laughs> Today is a uh, four by four day, April 4th. Oh, look at that. 4th of April. For my four day. Whoa. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I missed that. I'm looking it up right now so we can 
advertise that he'd want to come out and join the yeah. Assattery, but not join the Assattery. No. Um, be cool. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, while you're looking that up, I, um, I got home. My Montero fired right up because I had it parked blocking the driveway, and the Subaru fired right up. And then driving it to work. April 22nd. Cool. That is the next event. Um, got a big whiff of coolant down the street. Then it went away, so maybe if it was sitting, like a line shrunk up. Seeped out somewhere. Um, haven't smelled it since. Same day on the drive home, like almost home. Normally, I'd get a big whiff of fuel when the car was cold. I got like a big whiff of fuel, like almost home. So the car has already been running for a while. And I was like, well, if it goes up, it goes up. But the fuel smell went away. So I don't know. Strange. Hmm. Whatever. Weird car updates. Very strange. That was the other annoying thing. Oh, when I drove home from work, the night we were leaving... The car set readiness. The check engine light was all ready to go, and I was like, "Cool, I can't. I don't have time to get a sticker." And then I needed fuel, so I filled it back up, and now the lights back on. That's super annoying. God Uh, damn it! I did actually a little project car update. Yeah, yeah. I finally got the brakes in the Red Raider. Whoa! I know it, right? Yeah. Did you like my April Fool's post? Yes, I did. Because I happened to street uh, spot a, a Red Raider. In Portugal, on the street, driving. Yes. A couple of people fell for it. Yes, they did. Um, so I have the brakes in, the rear drum brakes, new wheel cylinders. Um, I just have to make new lines for it now because the lines are a little bit crusty. And in taking off the old wheel cylinders, it was just easier just to cut them because they're all rotted together. Where'd you get the wheel cylinders? Um, AutoZone. Oh, see, I bought mine from Amazon, and that's how Stephanie got a makeup mirror. Oh, Remember that story? Yeah. I don't know if we said that story before, but I ordered the wheel cylinders from Amazon and then for some reason got sent like this super expensive eye human makeup mirror. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's weird. These wheel cylinders are $4. This is a $90 mirror. Yeah. Win-win. No, I I bought them from AutoZone, I think. They were like, I don't know, $11 each. Not huge money. It's a weird setup, though. It has a bleeder scroll in one side. Yeah. And then it like equalizes itself across the rear axle. Mm-hmm. So there's two lines going in on the other side. Yep. But whatever. So anyway, I had to do, yeah, I had one leaking one. I did both. I have the drum the brake. Drum, drum brakes are in. Um, left side took me two and a half hours. I, yeah, I see the right, your... the right side took 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Had I been around, it probably would have gone a little quicker because I had already done it. After you were explaining to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Well, what's the, what's the last thing you do when assembling brake shoes, usually? The last thing you do? Yeah. What you do you clip, mean? You, well, the, last, the last step is to put the spring on the, the bottom of the brake shoes. You clip one of the springs, yeah. The last, the last spring is the bottom spring. Yeah. It depends on how you get it to go. Like, it's weird. I hate yeah. them. They're stupid. Awful. I, anyway. After you had mentioned it to me, it ringed a bell. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. The bottom one was weird, and I got it one way. Like, it wouldn't go, it wouldn't go, and then I did it a different way, and it went instantly. Yeah, well, I spent a long time trying to do it the wrong way. Yeah. So, um, it never went instantly, but I broke out the pry bar and made it work. Yeah. It, yeah, it's dumb. It's a stupid setup. 
I, I, don't, I don't think if I was the world's strongest man, I have enough force. I would have enough force to stretch that spring from one shoe to the other to hold them together. So I had to attach it. So what I do is I attach it because there's a big slot that the brake shoe has to ride behind. Yeah. So the only way I did it was I attached them with one shoe in front of that slot, attached the spring, and then got a big pry bar and pulled it back and stretched it around it. It was the only way to do it. I had to undo the, you know, the pins that hold the shoes in place. Yeah, the nails. I had to undo the shoe nails because I needed to move it more than it was allowing me to and... I just I mean, basically undo everything I did the first time. But to me, nothing that goes into a car should ever be called a nail. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> that just screams like you nail horseshoes on. You yeah, pull well, nails from tires because they cost a whole. <laughs> yeah, well, brake shoes are old technology. They're not difficult. It's just remembering the order they came apart to put them back together, basically. But the worst part is that they. Use them inside hubs of disc brakes in the rear for parking brakes. For parking brakes, yeah. Well, anyway, so I have it all set up. Um, I just need to make new lines now because, like I said, I cut the old lines out of the wheel cylinders. So rather than have rusty old lines and brand new wheel cylinders, I said, screw it. We're just going to replace the lines. So I have all new shoes, all new hardware, new drums, new wheel cylinders, and all new lines in the back of the truck. So... That should theoretically repair all of my braking issues. Hopefully, I mean we could have a spaghetti on our hands. We'll find out soon. <laughs> no, because it's not modified. Yeah, exactly. I actually, when I did the drums on my '89, once I reattached it and cracked the bleeder, it actually gravity bled like instantly. I didn't have to pump the brakes at all. Okay, I hope it works that way on mine. Yeah, I hope so too. Because I was like, "Whoa, that was easy, cool." Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, we're getting kind of long there. So that was a nice long episode. A lot of updates. We're getting into the good weather now. We are. We're here. Good things are happening. Every week we'll have some we're, we're getting there. Um, I ordered a cooling fan Excellent. for the Galant, a factory replacement one, so it should work better than the eBay Slim Fan. I have an original brass radiator that belongs in that car. That came with the car that probably don't exist anywhere anymore because they're heavy and nobody wants them. But I don't really care because I'm not tracking the car. I just it want it to be cool. Efficiently. Yeah. It'll be, it's a lot thicker than the thin aluminum and plastic end tank crap that's in there. So I will put that in, which your car, yeah, your car has a radiator, obviously, because it was running. Yes. All right. Cool. I've got the... Yes, actually cool. Yes. Um... Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff to do. I got to do that. I got to put the Adventure Driven Design uh, mid skid plate on the Montero to cover the transpan. I need you to help me with that. Um, yeah, it's got an at some point because it's got to. Yeah, it's heavy. It's super heavy, and we have to drill a couple extra holes to mount it to the cross members. We're gonna make a video too, are we not? For yeah, for Josh and company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the. Radiator that's going to go in the town soon. I have the brakes for it. I was looking at some S-drives for my HREs. Excellent. Get the car on the road this year. Yeah, because they're inexpensive. This is the summer of driving all our cars again, so. Yeah, I don't, I could get nicer tires for it, but the S-drives work just fine. Yep. Because I don't drive it enough. You're not tracking it on those wheels anyway. No, I'm never tracking it. Wink, wink. Correct. Nudge, nudge. 
Say no more. Say no more. Insurance company. You're never tracking it. Never ever. Um, nothing on the closed course. So, uh, you want to follow us on Facebook? Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Auto Off Topic. Follow me on Instagram at Race Nanger. Uh, I put a couple pictures of the rally on the Auto Off Topic page. Probably saw them. Uh, I put a lot of pictures of Monteros because it was kind of funny. And sure, why not? Here's a bunch of Monteros. Um, there's a bunch of rally pictures and Portugal pictures on my Instagram. Uh, Brad, where can they find you? You can find me on my Instagram at T-S-I-S-S-3-5-0, as yes. always. Um, and as always, make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening to podcasts. Rate and review us. And uh, questions, complaints, whatever, out off top podcast at gmail.com. No complaints, please. <laughs> as always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.